I'm Dr. Felicia Mebbin, the Executive Director of the Center for Public Health Initiatives at Norfolk State University. And today, my topic, our topic, is sociology. So you're probably thinking, what? <laughs> That's okay, because I have an expert and colleague friend here with me um, to tell us more about the what part of that. Yes. So I am here with Dr. Carlene Bouquet. Buchanan Turner. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. That's correct. Hi, Dr. Turner. That's easy. Hi. Yes. <laughs> How are you today? Um, thank you. Um, well, um, thank you for inviting me. And it's my pleasure to be here to talk to you about sociology and how sociology is connected to public health, because I think it's really, really um the intersection is um, readily um, visible to us in sociology, mm -hmm. and that's why so many sociologists teach in, in public health schools. Sure, yes. sure. But first, we're going to focus on what that is first. But let's yes. back up, back up mm -hmm. to introduce you yes. to our audience first. So where are you from? To, and tell us a little bit about your career. Okay, so if you can see by my accent, I hope you can. I'm Jamaican. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I'm from Jamaica, from um, Spanish Town, Jamaica, and um, I was trained. Um, I started my um, tertiary academic career at the University of the West Indies, Mona, um, in Kingston, Jamaica. And so I did both my, both my bachelor's degree in history. Uh, I have a varied um academic career okay. and then my second degree my master's was in um, sociology um, so I didn't know I wanted to do public um, the health aspect of my world but even when I did my bachelor's degree back then my my first my graduating project was actually the, the impact of socioeconomic status on immunization Oh, who, tell, who okay. would have thought? Hot topic now, right? <laughs> Twenty-one year old and, right? and and deciding that I would talk about immunization, but that was from my mom because my mom was a health aide, um, you know, assistant, health assistant. Okay, and she used to, um, in developing countries, you have this thing where you deliberately go out and get um, folks to do to get immunized, mm -hmm. and so she had to do the beaten part path and walk around um, our community to encourage parents to get their kids immunized. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost like, I want to look like, uh, uh, that was my project, graduating with my bachelor's degree. So Nice. And so then I forgot about that. And so well, I wait moved a second. On. Let me back up for a second. <laughs> yes. Okay. History, though. Yes. How did that come into the discussion? <laughs> okay. So um, I'm leaving high school. Um, so I'm just into... I, I like the idea of just learning for learning's sake. Okay. And I was um, in high school uh, um, talking about our history and how we got here and the, the experience coming out of slavery and building as a small country. And so I thought it was just um, a natural choice. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. uh, so I did history as my first degree. Um, and and, and um, in Jamaica, you need a first degree before you became, become a lawyer. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to be a lawyer. Okay. Uh, so that's okay. what my varied academic path. path so I thought I was going to be history and then a lawyer. Then I did history and I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore. <laughs> and that's okay, because I thought I was going to be a physician. And yes. here we are. <laughs> so um, and then um, after that, I so I moved on to I was interested in psychology and, and sociology. And in Jamaica, that's one 
um, department. Mm -hmm. So I did sociology. And and then my professors sort of insisted that I move on to the United States. So I had like professors cheering me on going, you need to not stop here. You're one of those people who should go do a PhD. Oh, so that that's how awesome. that happened. That not that amazing, the impact that mentors and yes. just positive affirmation can have? Yes. And so I'm hoping that I'm doing that for students too. So I moved on from, um, so right after doing my master's, I went to the City University of New York um, and, had, and did a PhD in... Um, in, in sociology mm -hmm. and so I am very like um, I, I I think that's once one of the best experience doing a graduate degree in New York I, uh, okay <laughs> well we, we might have to have a side, side conversation about how that was so great it but, was you know, fabulous I, it was. <laughs> I, with my biases I probably encourage all of my students you need to do your PhD in New York uh, okay now, <laughs> now I have to just put a little pitch for North stay in you know in the mix as well but when you say why like what was so great about the experience Okay, especially for a, a PhD student, a graduate, I so I would say do your undergraduate degree where you are, mm -hmm. um, Norfolk State, your master's degree, but it's the city that it's a great incubator. Right. It's your natural um, lab, and I think um, especially for young adults, like coming and moving, truly moving away. It's it's an expensive city, but it's a great city to. Just um, to meet find people your and live life, yes. and there's so many resources in different kinds yes. of neighborhoods and all of that. And perhaps it's tied to the topic sociology. So, yes. what is what is sociology? So, sociology we call it the science of society. Okay. So, um, yes, we consider ourselves a science, and 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 the NSF, na sorry, the National Science Foundation, um, classify us as a STEM discipline as well because we really. Do, oh yes, that's why I do. Um, I, I, I have um, National Science Foundation awards because I can apply for STEM grants. Oh, okay. So again, let's back. Let's make sure everybody's <laughs> with us. Yes. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Yes. And in academia, we yes. tend to group majors yes. in those areas together in colleges or yes. schools within universities. Yes. And so you're saying sociology counts for that. Yes. So usually, okay. um, um, so when our students come in, they naturally see the connection with physics, biology, math, computer science, as those are naturally STEM disciplines. Mm -hmm. But if you go on the NSF website, you have other disciplines, like they call it the social and behavioral sciences. Yes, right. Psychology, econ, and sociology sits there mm -hmm. because um, we do systematic empirical research um, systematic, you data gathering, crunching numbers, mm -hmm, the statistics, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and analyzing things mm -hmm. that are considered scientific. Oh, well, so I, that's why we sit there. Right. And I understand because public health is a bit like that as yes, well, right? We're using is. the scientific method to answer research questions about the health of populations. Exactly. The trends with, of, uh, you know, the uh, prevalence of disease. or But we're also studying people's behavior, which yes. makes it more social in the social yes. science area. 
area. Yes. So I do understand that because I was going to note that you're a scientist. Yes. So whether you study the quote unquote hard sciences like biology or chemistry or you study psychology, it's all you're all scientists yes. because you're using the scientific method. Yes. So okay. um, so for sociology, what we do is that we take um, people's behavior and um, we see what forces shape their behavior and how in turn they shape society so it's circular okay. um, um, it, it, um, we're in being impacted by a lot of social forces and students understand this when you sort of say what are the social forces of today what impact let's say um, um, behavior and um, how education looks today after COVID-19, what impacts how the police um, um, look at us and how we look at the police, what impacts, so every institution in society is shaped by some social forces and that's what sociology trying to tries to study. What are the things that shape our lives and then how do we shape society and leave it beyond? Because we have an impact on society. Uh, all of us have power. Whether right. or not we realize it, it's how we exercise it. But power, of course, is relative. Some people have more power than others. Sure, so, sure. so that's how, that's what sociology is. The nice. Forces. I like that. We all, all of us have powers. Wait, what did you say? How did oh. you say that? <laughs> <laughs> all of us have power. It's just that power is relative. Um, so some, some, some people have obviously more power than others mm -hmm. and, and some of us don't get um, exercise or power because obviously there are disenfranchised people in society people who are um, they have met um, systematic discrimination mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so on and, and institutional discrimination that that that, that um, robs them of their power right right so so, so for for example voter registration rules or voter yes. voting rules yes. that disenfranchise certain populations because yes. it makes it harder for them to exercise their yes. power, yes. basically. Yes, and so okay. that they had that power. Um, it's um, They had the power at first. Mm -hmm. It's there for them, but then um, someone Actually, who's more powerful, symbolic power, come, came along and snatched it away from them mm -hmm. or took it away mm -hmm. from them. And, and either you accept it or you protest it. So, um, so, yeah, so sociology is about that, examining the social forces that shape our life. And it's scientific because we use systematic methods to study it. Mm -hmm. um, and so at Norfolk State here, we have the sociology department. So actually, before we go there, yes. backing up just a little bit. So tell us about your dissertation. What, okay. what was the focus when you were training? Okay, so um, um, as I said, I was trained at the City University of New York, um, right there in, in, in Midtown Manhattan, uh, uh, 5th and 35. So um, so it really did have an impact. I mean, just to, I, I step out and I look at the Empire State Building. Wow. So it's okay. right there in the middle of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, so I did my dissertation. It was um, our sisters doing it all for themselves, um, self-care and looking at self-care among elderly black women and um, and its impact on, let's say, home care, um, um, what they do, home care services, in-home services for elderly black women mm -hmm. and so on. And so at um, when I started doing it, I... I I pulled on, because I'm a quantitative researcher, I crunch numbers. Okay. I'm one of those weird people who actually <laughs> like to look at, um, talk 
um, strange things like structural equation modeling and regression and stuff like that. Okay, whew. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I pulled on a national health interview survey, a data set already prepared by the government, and mm-hmm. I started to, let me see, I just want to look at elderly black women. And I don't have to justify it. That's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, elderly African-American women and how they practice self-care. Self-care, things like the the behaviors, like the decision about dieting and um, and about exercising, about how they p- fix their homes and stuff like that. But I found that the 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 um, the data set didn't capture the total essence of Black womanhood. Oh, right. So yeah. then I went out and I interviewed, did face to face, long term interview with elderly black women in um, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And these black women were women who were, two sets of black women, those were paying for home care. So believe it or not, so there are some um, very comfortable black women mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. America. And, and these women were paying for private home care. So right. you know that they had a little affluence about them. Right, right. And I mean, because, you know, we're not, all, we're I'm not a we're, exactly. We're yes. we're a diverse community. We have folks who have resources. Yes, and mm-hmm. then I also looked at how women who didn't pay for home care, other black women who didn't pay for home care, how they practice self care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I actually went and I worked at a home care agency um, for about two years. Wow. Um, um, and um, I worked um, with. Um, Another Turner, Naomi Turner, she uh, she had a home care agency, and and I wanted to also go into the homes and do um, health care, um, but I didn't get much opportunity. I only went like to two homes mm-hmm. to do to do like what the women did health care services, and so I found that Black women were practicing self care. It, some of it was historical. Like my mom used to do, do this. My grandma used to do mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of food you ate. Um, this is kind of um, exercise you do. We walk and stuff like that. And we saw the impact of family members on them as they practice healthcare. And one of the biggest thing out of that dissertation was the role of sons in their elderly mothers' lives. Black nice. sons, African American men, mm-hmm. who were very because. I'm concerned because I did it from a feminist literature where we got the ethic of care and personal responsibility. And I thought that I would find that it was daughters who were all over their elderly moms. But yes, for some reason, black men turned up and um, they were concerned about mom. Are you doing so? And so and so call it. (laughs) So that was one of the big takes. So um, I enjoyed doing that dissertation research and because of it, it pushed me. So that was my dissertation research about self-care among um, elderly. And when I say elderly, I mean women 65 and older. um, Because we're scientists and we have to be very specific. Yes, yes. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. So, yes. And so that was my dissertation research. So I'm so glad you described it that way because one of the things I wanted to note is that 
you know, we're training people to be scientists. Sociology is is a discipline, which yes. means there is a particular way that people approach it. But it does have a very applied, practical yes. side to it. So in order to understand society and to understand what's going on, what you did was you, you went out into, you know, you, you had to go where it was happening. Yes. Exactly. So is that a typical approach for sociology? Um, yes. Um, so we, we can either do um, the... Um, secondary data where we analyze what's there before, but most sociologists um, gather data, surveys, in-depth interview, and stuff like that. So even um, up um, 13, 14 years after my dissertation, I'm still gathering data, Mm -hmm. um, but for different topics and so on. Yes, so that's what we're doing right now. That's great. So let's talk about, and we'll keep, we'll sort of fold back to your projects now, but let's all, let's fast forward from your dissertation. Mm -hmm. So how did you connect to Hampton Roads and what's your role here at Norfolk State? Okay. So I um, am a sociologist at Norfolk State. I am a professor in the Department of Sociology. We have Sociology, Criminal Justice, and Urban Affairs. And so that's what we do. Um, And I... Um, teaching the department, but I'm also the department chair currently. This is my fourth year, okay, um, or my second term of being the department chair. I think I have two more years. I'm not counting down. I'm just saying two more years <laughs> of being the. You department, heard it here, folks. <laughs> of being the department chair, and um, and then I'm also uh, an active researcher. Um, I have um, currently. I think this is my fifth North, uh, National Science Foundation Award. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, but my National Science Foundation Award has been very varied. So I have um, primarily, most of the awards have been socio-cybersecurity. socio <laughs> Okay, say a bit more. <laughs> so, so we put sociology and cybersecurity together. Because everyone understands that cybersecurity is how you protect yourself online. Mm-hmm. How do you s- stay safe on the Internet? And so um, people will ask. And, and I've had reviewers from the National Science Foundation go, what's the connection? I don't see a natural connection between cybersecurity and sociology. sociology. But remember, sociology is a science of society. We study everything. Right, right. So we want to know how people practice cybersecurity if there is um, deviance in that. If they're, um, let's say, where are these hackers? Where they're coming from, and why do they behave the way they do? Right. I mean, we, I want to know specifically because, to be honest with you, my mom had a call the, a <laughs> couple of days ago, and she had to say, um, "Excuse me, I'm going to wait for my daughter to yes. follow up on this." <laughs> yes. And then when I talked to her about it, we realized, yes, it was a scam. Yes. And so I want to know: Are they targeting vulnerable people or certain populations, yes. like bra- black and brown communities, for example? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. Yes, they, I mean, we, I'm sorry. We know they're targeting. Them, do they target them more? Is what I want to know. Um, I, I I don't say more, um, but they do. They're being targeted. Mm-hmm. I would say, let's say, elderly folks. They're easier right, targets. In general. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But um, and 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 through my project, one of my colleagues, um, Austin Ash, did look at the black um, focus of how black youth are targeted online. Oh, okay. Um, yes, you, because mm-hmm. there've been studies around that. Okay. So. I got to this interdisciplinary focus because I partner with people from 
computer science here on campus. Mm -hmm. So um, I because I don't claim to be a computer scientist or a cybersecurity specialist. Right. So my natural partner is Claude Turner. Yes. <laughs> who is my husband. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, that's allowed, folks. They're professionals and we have there are protocols in place. Yes. <laughs> so we do um I bring the sociology side and um and and um he brings the cybersecurity side mm-hmm. and then we study and fund and uh, we've fund tons of students since mm-hmm. 2016 um, and that's one of the great things about getting um, funding from um, external agency like the National Science Foundation is that you can support students um, and mm-hmm. teach them how to do research right so um, um, we've been working on this socio-cybersecurity project. We call it interdisciplinary because it's two disciplines coming together. And um, so uh, we've been doing socio-cybersecurity since 2016 at, at, at Norfolk State. We think it's a national um, niche niche area for us and we've, we're expanding it and we want to get better of that. And the thing is that it brings funding into the university. Oh, oh, so absolutely. that's one of the things that we like about doing that. So that's what, so with that, um, from that, we have also written about how seniors use, and I'm this time I'm looking at black seniors, how they use health information technology. That's actually a term hit. Yes. Um, um, to manage their health care. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they use it a lot because after COVID-19, when everyone's doctor told them to stay online, and if you're an older um, community member, you are more likely, the doctor will say, we will do our visit virtually. I will call you on Zoom. So mm-hmm. yes, older people started to Zoom. Right. So I want to know, um, this is my future research, how black people are doing it. So you asked about the community, how we're doing it in the community. So we actually had to do Zoom research. Right. Because since 2019, I could not do face-to-face research anymore. So we did a project on how COVID-19 impacted teleworking and um, and people staying safe. And we published an article about concerned around um, teleworking in the COVID-19 era and so on. So nice. this yeah. is, and this was a Hampton Roads, oh, we had two samples. We had a Hampton Roads um, sample where we just wanted to know from Hampton Roads worker how life changed. Oh, by the way, people like teleworking. That's <laughs> well, a big secret. Well, we've, we've seen that in the news and the conversations yes. as well. And and why not? I mean, it, I know it's a fundamental shift for yes. the employer. Yes. Um, but from the employee's perspective, I can see circumstances yes. where it could be a better fit. And so we do, we, we talk about the protocols. We talk about um, this was in place by the um, the CDC um, how to handle a pandemic even before COVID nineteen oh, right. came in. That's right. Yes. yes. Let, so. Let's emphasize that for a moment. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So for a lot of people, the term public health or some of these concepts are yes. new, and it was elevated because it became part of the political discussion, yes. part of the discussion about the economy. But the focus on vaccines and working from home and all yes. of these things have been there for decades because yes. the fields of public health have been doing that. Yes. It just has been elevated because of this unusual circumstance. Yes. Because um, if you look at it, places like the CDC expected a SARS-like event, mm-hmm. um, um, this respiratory 
um, 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 disease, pandemic or epidemic. Right. They have expected it. But it's always been something that happened in Africa or Asia alone, and mm-hmm. you could treat it from uh, that SARS event from mm-hmm. far away, and mm-hmm. CDC officials could study it, and sociologists could write about the impact. But then it came to America's door, and, and in May, March 2019, they just shut down the the, the country, everyone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. practically went home. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at our Hampton Roads population, and then we also said, let's look at a population outside of the U.S. So we actually did this research with um, Antigans, um, and you know they have less resources than, than the USA. When their country shut down too, but what did they do in terms of teleworking? And, and you would... They had to stay home because they probably had stricter protocols than the USA about um, masking, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. social distancing, about and, and there was no vaccine in the early days. So right, right. it was very interesting to see how people responded to um, the COVID-19 restrictions that were put in place. Some some places had mandates. Um and that's a that's a societal thing, right? It depends yes. on your culture. That's why mm-hmm. the international comparisons are so important yes. because you're you have a different environment in which you're dealing with something that's pretty similar. Yes. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to note too is that um, Norfolk State is known for cybersecurity. Yes, we have it a is. longstanding expertise in that area, um, and, and including what you're saying, this interdisciplinary work. Yes. So I'm pretty sure there's a cyber psychology program. I mean, yes. I think we're on the leading edge yes. of of connecting it with the other. That's why it was so natural for us to get into cybersecurity because you have the cybersecurity master's program out of computer science, mm-hmm. which is basically like a parent. You have the center. Um, um, the the um, Dr. Williams have the center for um, the the um, oh, um, for. Cybersecurity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you have a master's program in cyber psychology that interests a lot of our students. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we have um, brought in, we're just like doing research in socio cybersecurity now. I'm saying we've had four NSF awards so far in socio cybersecurity, Mm -hmm. and we're just trying to build from that. We have a couple of courses, Mm -hmm. and because it's a natural fit in sociology and and criminal justice mm-hmm. because um, cybercrime, we do that too. So that's where we're going. So it's the groundwork at Norfolk State. Yes. That allows us to do this, have this strong interdisciplinary focus. So that's right, the way is, sociology fits itself in. Yes, and I think HBCUs as well, right? Yes. It seems it seems that's an outgrowth of the way people connect yes. on campus, which is awesome. And also for our listeners to understand. National Science Foundation grants um, are very competitive. Just let me. So congratulations again to Dr. Turner and her colleagues because yes. they, you know, that that's a big accomplishment. Actually. And so I have to give a shout out to my P, my co-PIs because they've been on it with me for the longest time. Of course, I mentioned Claude Turner. So it's myself, Claude Turner, and Ian Shen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been working together since 2016 on this. And, and then um, the or um, 
the, the person who evaluates us, who keeps us on our toe, Kianga Thomas from School of Education is our evaluator. So that's our crew. And of course, my kids. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for doing that because we're headed to the end of the session anyway. So yes, shout out to. Yes, my kids who keep me on my toes and allow me to um, take time from parenting. That's Amara and Asha. Um, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler. Who, um, they have they've lived with both parents on the academic track for right. so long <laughs> and of course my parents uh, who I told to listen so hope you're Hi listening parents. yes yes uh, I have to shout them out into Jamaican Wagwan everybody so yes thank you thank you so much Dr. Turner obviously I'm going to have to have you back on the show because we just got through the first part of yes. our discussion but again congratulations on all your achievements I'm so excited for these opportunities that our Norfolk State community has in Hampton Roads as well. And I also want to thank our listeners again. I'm Dr. Felicia Mebbin, and this is Health Healing in Hampton Roads.